Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. All right, then. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, what I want to talk about comes to us courtesy of a little a listener mail. Oh. And this listener mail comes from Larry from State Center, Iowa. And Larry says, hey, guys. Huge fan of the show, and I pretty much listen to anything HowStuffWorks.com has to offer. Anyway, I have recently read, I actually downloaded it from Audible.com, a book called One Second After by William R. Forshen. I wanted to ask HowStuffWorks team about this book, but didn't know which group to send it to. After hearing your podcast, Are We at Cyber War?, and thinking that this is definitely tech-related, decided to send it to you. This book is about what happens to a small town in America after three nuclear bombs are detonated above the U.S. and the EMP knocks out all communications and electronics. As far as I can tell, this book was one of the most realistic and scariest books I have ever read slash listened to. It had a foreword by Newt Gingrich, which is scary enough, and an afterword by a member of the military talking about how easily this could be a reality. I should add that this is scary enough was my comment, yeah, was not his. <laughs> Could you please let me know how likely this is to happen, and if this book has been fairly accurate about what could happen if it did? Thanks, Larry. Well, Larry, I have not read the book in question. However, we can talk a little bit about imps and what they do. Yes, actually, um, EMPs are a very real thing, um, and it happens on occasion. I mean, on on its own, but it could definitely be caused by a uh, a nuclear detonation. Yeah, that's uh so an EMP stands for electromagnetic pulse. And we can tell you a little bit about what it's the 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 theory behind the electromagnetic pulse. It actually comes back from uh, something we call the Compton effect. Mm-hmm. Now, the Compton effect is not named after a particular neighborhood outside of Los Angeles. Now, it's named for Arthur Compton, who came up with this theory in 1925, which uh, got applied to uh, nuclear detonations much later in the 50s, actually. Right. So this is the theory. The theory is that if you take an atom with a low atomic number and you bombard it with high intensity light waves, we're talking like in the gamma radiation field. If you bombard it with with photons, these these highly energized photons, it will cause electrons to shoot off of those atoms. And uh, so if you do this to enough atoms all at once, you create an electromagnetic pulse. Yep. Um, basically, any radio signals, uh, AM, FM, even TV, cell phone signals, light, X-rays, microwaves, that they're all forms of electromagnetic energy. Um, and so basically uh, what this does is it, you know, it can actually transfer. It, it becomes uh, electrical energy. Right. Yes, magnet, magnetic fields can induce an electric, of uh, you know, electric, electricity. Boy, I can't talk either today. Yeah, see, I was hoping you'd fix that because here's I was the problem is that we <laughs> today we did our first episode of Tech Stuff Live, and uh, we apparently left our tongues back in the other studio. Yeah. So here's the deal. Yeah, and, and a magnetic field can induce electricity, and vice versa. Right. So, for instance, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, when they were in various physics classes, 
did an experiment where you take something like a nail and you wrap a copper wire around the nail and you run electric current through the copper wire, which creates a magnetic field. Right. It's an electromagnet. Yeah. Electromagnet. Thus it's the, very, very weak because, you know, you use like a six volt battery or. Right. You know, I mean, like unless that. you're at my school, we, we hooked that sucker up to the backup generator and, uh, why does that not surprise me? Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to all the students that I injured in that. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> kidding. We did not do any of that. We didn't do it. West Hall High School is still very much alive and well. So, uh, yeah, that's an electromagnet. You're running current through a series of coils that creates a magnetic field. You know, you're using electricity, thus electromagnet. Yes, but a, um, a nuclear explosion uh, releases a little bit more energy than a six-volt battery in a science classroom. Yes, a tad more. A tad, um, tad being a scientific term here. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's going to have a, a dramatically more serious effect and going to cause a lot more uh, electromagnetic um, energy to be released, which is going to induce a lot more electrical energy. Exactly. So here's where you get into the problem. Let's if you've if you've ever you been in a, a like a lightning storm and had your electricity flicker as a result uh-huh. uh, it's from the surge of electricity where your your electrical system your wiring system can't handle that sudden surge of energy that's what we're talking about but on a much grander scale and uh, in in a very short powerful burst you could suddenly have enough electricity that could fry circuits i actually have a true story relating to that shoot my father's vcr uh, was plugged in during an electrical storm. Uh, and um, a surge came through the wiring. It wasn't the first time we actually had something like this happen, but it's the first time that it had happened on this scale. So he heard the pop on the VCR. When they took the cover off to repair it, the uh, uh, power supply inside was gone. It had been uh, completely destroyed by the power surge. And a strong enough EMP can do the exact same thing. Um, it can actually use the electrical impulses can actually travel on, uh, wiring in your house or piping, metal pipes. And basically anything that, uh, might be sensitive to that can be completely destroyed if, if the pulse is strong enough. Right, right. Anything that can conduct electricity is essentially, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. It's going to conduct the electricity from this pulse. Uh, to whatever the, the terminus happens to be. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a scary concept because it is true. If you have an electromagnetic pulse that is strong enough, it can cause, uh, all the electrical, um, appliances, vehicles, anything really that runs on electricity that happens to be turned on at least. It can cause it to shut down or if it's powerful enough, it can destroy those electronics. It'll just fry the circuitry. Uh-huh. Um, now, if it's something that can be turned off, it may survive the electromagnetic pulse without any problems. Uh, Not uh, a guarantee, yeah, I mean, but we- it's possible. Now, if it's a nuclear bomb that's gone off, chances are the EMP is the least of your worries. Well, that's but, true. I mean, it's one of many things you'd have to worry about, um, depending on, on how big the bomb was. Yeah. There was a study that I read where the the outcome of the study said – uh, predicted that a a nuclear bomb of sufficient power detonated 200 miles over Kansas would be enough to generate an electromagnetic pul- magnetic pulse to wipe out electronics across the United States. Wow! So you think about that one bomb, 200 miles over. So it's not even it's not even a, a detonating again near the Earth, really. Right. It's but it's strong enough to wipe out all the electronics right there. And you know, think about all the things we depend upon that are 
electronic. It's mm-hmm. pretty much everything. Yep. Um, we actually have an article on the website about it. Um, and it's, uh, it, it basically ex- explains this in, in greater detail, but there are also, uh, other weaponry. It doesn't even require, um, a nuclear bomb to, uh, to set it off. The United States was actually working on this in the 1950s, uh, something called a flux compression generator bomb. Scary thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a much smaller scale though than a, than a nuclear weapon. Right, it's much more focused and direct. You could aim this at something as opposed to just having a wide area effect. Right, right. Um, and the thing is, uh, it's sort of a combination of a conventional weapon and uh, sort of like an electromagnet. It's actually got the copper wiring wrapped know, around wrapped in the around coil. it. Yeah, and when the explosion is set off, it creates it. You know the the uh, science behind that, it creates a, an electromagnetic pulse that can do damage to a specific target. Right. Yeah. Um, and they've also dabbled with the idea of, um, using, um, a missile that has a microwave generator sure. on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that could be more focused. Um, but some people consider these, uh, safe weapons, if you will, because they could knock out electronics without killing people. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, sort directly. of a sort of a non-lethal weapon, really. Yeah, I wouldn't um, want to be under it when it hits. The scary thing about the flux compression generator is that, in theory, you could create one for around four hundred bucks. Yeah. And here's here's really what you're you're talking about. Not that I'm suggesting anyone go out and try and build one of these. As a matter of fact, please don't. Yeah, because we kind of like our electronics. Otherwise, we have no jobs. Yeah. So the first thing is that you've this got this tech stuff. We're not going to talk about anything today because it doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. We'll just it'll just be you know like any other normal day where Chris and I just sit around and chat at each other yeah. and no one else listens. We'll start a new yeah start a new podcast called Paper Stuff. Really, I don't know that people are listening right now. That's creepy. All right. So moving on. You've got a tube. Imagine a tube that's filled with a chemical explosive. Okay. Wrapped around this tube is the copper coil. Uh Uh-huh. And then you've got some capacitors attached to the copper coil. Flux capacitors? No. And then around the copper coil, you have a metal sheath that uh, is not in contact with the coil. All right? Okay. And then – so what happens is you've got – first you you run a, a current through the coil, which creates a magnetic field. You detonate the chemical explosive that's inside the tube. Now, this makes the tube press outward, touching the coil. Now, the magnetic field has also created an electric field. Once the the uh, the tube co- connects with the coil, that creates a short circuit. There's a wave of explosions that move from one end of the tube to the other. It just expands. It's like you know, thinking think about the the tube expands from one end to the to the other, right, right. based upon where you ignite the explosion. So it's a moving short circuit. That's what generates the electromagnetic pulse. And then you just point the thing at wherever you're, you know, whatever you want to affect. And it's pretty much going to wipe it out. Um, and it's at such a high concentration that, that things like the, the shielding that you would put on cables and, uh, so that to, to prevent electromagnetic interference, it's really no match for the intensity of the pulse. Yeah. So, you know, just the the same stuff that's going to protect your your cables from creating uh, uh, interference with each other isn't going to be enough to to prevent an electromagnetic pulse. I, I did read one person who suggested, I think it was an Air Force uh, individual who suggested Faraday cages. Yeah. As a as protection. Now, a Faraday cage, what it does is it directs electric current into the ground. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is that any electromagnetic pulse would hit the cage. The cage would direct the the pulse toward the ground and everything would be hunky-dory. Theoretically. But, theoretically. But some people suggest 
that the electromagnetic pulses of these weapons would be so powerful as to get through a Faraday cage and still affect the electronics inside. Right. And worse yet, if they're powerful enough, they'll generate magnetic uh, fields uh, in the electronics themselves because of all the different cables and wires and things like that, mm. which will set off another series of electromagnetic pulses, much lower in power, but it'll still be there. So it'll fry anything or at least malfunction anything that was still working after the initial blast. So it's kind of like electromagnetic aftershocks. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh you're, you're making me feel better and better about this. Well, you know, he asked if it was realistic and, and possible and we're well, here to sure. tell him the, the truth. And the truth is it's, it's possible. No one's really done it yet. I mean, not, yeah. not as far as we know, not no in- one has successfully used an EMP for that purpose. Right. Although it is has been a side effect of nuclear detonations in the past, which is how they sort of figured out that it was going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, that was um, that was the whole. I mean, it, it wasn't un- until the 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 40s that anyone actually observed mm-hmm. an electromagnetic pulse, and that was in some tests over uh, some over the air tests yeah. where they were detonating bombs in the air. They being the United States military, and as a result, uh, an EMP wave pretty much wiped out. The lighting system of uh, of a large part of Hawaii. Oh, good. And I hear that um, some electronics, as far as way as uh, Australia, were affected by the EMP. And that was the point where the United States and Russia agreed that maybe it's a good idea to not do any more of these tests up in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that's fair enough. Okay. Um, well, um, you know they they've actually stirred the imagination of several people. I mean, I sure. can think of a couple instances where it's made it into uh, uh, films and TV. Yeah, there was the documentary Ocean's Eleven. Uh, <laughs> and now in this documentary, uh, Danny, Danny documentary. Ocean, yes, Danny Ocean and his 10 compatriots are that trying to... The remake. Yes. Not the new remake. No, 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 I'm talking about the remake. Okay. Uh, the remake of the documentary. So Danny Ocean and his 10 companions are uh, attempting to... Uh, to steal money from a Las Vegas casino and they determine that one of the elements they need in order to successfully pull off this caper mm-hmm. is uh, to to short circuit the electri- electrical system of the casino. And they do this by borrowing a generator from uh, a local technology school, mm-hmm. borrowing by stealing it and setting it off. Uh, right next to the casino, which, of course, makes the whole power grid shut down in that general area. Right. Now, in that case, the EMP that they generate is just powerful enough to overload the system for just a few minutes, which is very convenient for the plot. Right, right. It didn't affect anything. It just knocked out the main... Right. It, it, it just short-circuited for a... It, it was like, you know, a lightning strike knocking out your power for a, a moment, and then the circuit breaker clicks on and everything's okay again. It was sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the Matrix, in which case the uh, ship was armed with a an EMP generator so that when the giant mechanical squid thing that I can't remember the name of right at the moment, someone will write in and tell me, um, that, uh, you know, once it attacked the ship, they could zap it with the EMP. Of course, the ship itself wasn't damaged or anything. And then uh, in uh, Dark Angel, you know, Seattle was basically out of power because they uh, they didn't have they had had an EMP burst over the city and, you know, there were no electronics anymore. So, you know, The Matrix was a great film. I really wish they had made some sequels to that. Shut up. (laughs) 
Just like, I really wish they had made some great prequels to that Star Wars trilogy. Shut mm-hmm. up. Okay. So, yeah, uh, EMPs are definitely in fiction. Uh, and, it's and probably they're theoretically possible. They, they're more than theoretically. They well, are I mean, possible. <laughs> they, okay. Sorry. I'm, let me restate that. They are possible, but no one's actually weaponized them in the open. That we know of. In the open, where they've right. actually been utilized against yeah. someone. Yeah, as far as we know. Can I qualify that a little more? I'm just saying, like, someone may have used one and they kept it all hush-hush. I mean, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. But if you have this kind of weapon technology, uh, you may not necessarily want people to know about it because it's a much more effective weapon if they don't. True. But then and again, you know, what are you going to do to protect yourself against one? It's really hard yeah. to prevent an EMP from damaging your system. I mean, there's only so much shielding you can do. And if a Faraday cage, as some people suggest, is not enough to protect your electronics, really the only answer to making sure an EMP does not completely cause the collapse of your civilization is to reduce your dependency upon electronics. True. But how realistic is that? I mean, we're getting more and more dependent on electronics every single day. Yes, so please download and listen to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're very dependent so you can learn upon about that. those electronics. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm and done. you know, it's not really it's not really all that safe a weapon if they use it to knock out your electronics and then come in with the infantry. Right. So it's uh And and we should also point out hmm. there are some things that maybe would not be affected by an EMP, so it's not like everything would would be destroyed, but even things that you might imagine would be all right. Like, for instance, your car, you would think, okay, well, the radio is gone. The, uh, you know, the, the, if you have one of those really cool dashboards that have all the different indicators that are all electronic, that would be gone. But the car itself would be fine, right? Not if you have an electrical system in your car. That's right. If you have like like, a starter. Yeah, an electrical starter, then you're pretty much stuck. Um, some older diesel vehicles would be all right, I suppose. And if you had anything that started with a hand crank, yeah, that, that, those have their own problems. I uh, I read about those on uh, I heard the High Speed Stuff blog. Yeah, so. I heard about them on the High Speed Stuff podcast. Yeah, so. plug. <laughs> so uh, plug. yeah, that's a great podcast, by the way. And Absolutely. I should also point out they did a companion piece to our three D printing. Oh yes, uh, they, they did. did. A, they did a piece about. I was excited about. That. Yeah, about about the how to fabricate. Yeah, fabricating your own car parts. Mm-hmm. It's a great podcast, guys. If you enjoyed our three D printing podcast, I highly recommend you check that one out. It was really really good. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Ben know their stuff, mm-hmm. and Ben was really you know I mean, Ben Ben usually plays the part of asking questions on that, but he was uh he was definitely a, a full time participant in that one. <laughs> so uh, excellent work, guys. Um, I I'm pretty much complete. With my EMP knowledge, I'm I'm done. I'm tapped out. There's probably tons more that I'm I'm skipping over, but well, I mean, there's always tons more we could talk about. But I'm personally, I'm knocked out. Yeah, we're both uh, we've both been hit by an uh, fried, if you will. Yes, a a a tech stuff EMP sort of. Uh, so, guys, if you're interested in this, we do have a great article called uh, "How Was It E Bombs?" Right? Yes. How e bombs work. Scary stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's definitely one of those technologies people are still pursuing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean think it's about been it, around like, for a long time, but uh, you know, don't count it out. Yeah. That's it as we get more and more dependent, I think it's definitely gonna be one of those things that's that's gonna be part of modern warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh now before we go, yes. I do have one more a listener mail. 
This listener mail comes from Katie, and Katie has this to say. Hello, Chris and Jonathan. I just listened to your latest podcast, Stuff You Can Hook Up to Your TV. And while it was really interesting, what caught my ear the most was the mention of pie. I just wanted to let you know that I really enjoy your podcast, and I really, really enjoy pie. Katie. Thanks, Katie. I really, really enjoy pie, too. And I wrote to Katie and I told her I was really trying to get a, a, a pie-centric tech stuff podcast, but was shot down because I was told it wasn't tech-oriented. So then I tried to do a, a, a totally new podcast called Pie Stuff, but they won't let me do that either. Yeah, <clears throat> some of us think that Jonathan is a little crusty, um, but, you know... I, I personally find his uh, discursions into these things uh, filling. I'm just staring him down right now, folks. <laughs> I, All right, just channel your hate through me, yeah. and I will. I will gaze at him. Now, uh, we uh, we pie is the official dessert of tech stuff right. and tech stuff live, and so uh, any discussions of pie are certainly welcome. Even the number, the yes. number is also welcome. We yes, like the number too. We are happy to have pie in our studio at any time. Yes. And we are also thankful to have you in our studio, virtually speaking. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, you can check out our blogs. You can read our articles. You can find all that at HowStuffWorks.com. Crispy and I will talk to you again about EMPs and pie, maybe, really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?